Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. come to the time in our worship service in which we um, hear the word proclaimed. We're a place that we believe the Bible matters here and that it speaks truth to our life. And so today's scripture comes from John 3, 16 through 21, a scripture a lot of us are familiar with, but let us give it new ears and new eyes about what God is telling us today on December 6, 2020 in Mustang, Oklahoma. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we pray for your light and your goodness, your love and your spirit to help us understand what this great word is saying to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So one of, uh, one of my favorite shows of all times is the television show Lost. I don't know if I have any other people who love Lost in here, but it was a show that was on, oh, probably uh, 10, 15 years ago now, and it was about a group of uh, strangers who were on an airplane together who crashed on this mysterious island. And, um, and so I loved the way that they told stories, uh, because sometimes in life we, we see people and we don't understand why they would do what they would do, but the, the way that they told stories in Lost is that they would flash back, and so you would be able to, to look back and you'd begin to understand um, a little bit more about each character's story and why they would do the things that they would do, and it was really fascinating um, to me. So I loved the way that they told stories, and I also loved the idea of just what would happen if we all were stranded on an island and we had to survive. Now, one of the things that they learned throughout uh, the seasons is that they were not alone on the island. In fact, there were others who were on the island. There were people who had been there before, and, uh, and, and anytime there's uh, people um, like the others who we don't understand, there's suspicion, right? Like, what are, what are they doing? What's, what are they about, and, and what are they doing? And so there was this conflict between um, our heroes who, who had crashed on the island and who were coming together and the others. Um, and at one point in time during the conflict, one of our heroes asked, who are you people? And, and the leader of the other said, we're the good guys. Now, isn't this the way life goes, right? Is that we separate people from others and, and we always think of ourselves as the good guys and they are the bad guys. They are the ones who need help, right? Um, and so as I began to think about how often and how um, how much othering happens in the world today. In fact, we live in a world in which we continue to separate and draw walls between us and them. 
um, in every area of our life. And so I began to think, how do I know who an other is and who, who they are? I'm sure we've all talked about those people, right? They, I can't believe they would think that or believe that or do that. Um, and so this is what I'm working on is that they are anyone who we do not understand why they think or act the way that they do. They can be anyone who we just don't understand why they would think that way. I don't see how you could believe that. I don't see why anybody would ever do that. Those are people that are they to us who we don't understand. And so kids, in box one, I invite you to, um, who is someone who you don't understand sometimes, right? Um, And I think about the old Will Smith song that parents just don't understand, right? Um, and, And there is this gap, right, that exists between us and others. And it can be in any area of our lives. I'm a San Francisco 49er football fan, and some of you are like, I don't understand how you could cheer for the 49ers, right? Um, There are some times it happens with music, right? It's like, I don't really get classical music, or I don't get this new hip-hop music, or I don't get how you could like this thing or the other. It happens politically. We're so divided in this country politically, and, and, and they, I don't understand how somebody could, could be a Democrat, or I don't understand how somebody could be a Republican. In fact, I'd guess people that are watching this or, or sitting in this room that we would have a hard time understanding somebody who, who thought or saw the world differently politically sometimes. It happens in religion. It happens with worship services, right? There are some people like, I don't understand how you can't love the old hymns. And there are some people who are sitting here who are like, um, I don't understand how you could sing those same songs over and over and over again, right? Like it happens everywhere, and we they people all the time. And in fact, we, we see this. There's so much fear and division, and, and we draw lines, and we draw boxes, and we say we over here and they over there in every area of our life, time and time again. And what happens is, is that when we other people, when we separate ourselves from people, that we become distant and we become afraid. I remember the, the movie Cool Runnings, which was about the Jamaican bobsled team, um, and they were getting a lot of pushback um, from the other bobsled teams in the movie. And uh, they, they, one of the persons said, why, are, why doesn't anybody like us? And he said, we're different. And people are always afraid of what's different. And right now, we live in a world of differences and othering, a world of fear and hate, a world of separation. And I want to be clear that that is so antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no room for othering in the message of Jesus Christ because in this scripture, where we get the gospel sort of in a nutshell, it says these words, for God so loved the world. It doesn't say, for God so loved the good people. It doesn't say, for God so loved us. It didn't didn't love them. It doesn't say, for God so loved Americans, or God so loved the Jewish people, or God so loved this group of people. The gospel is for everybody. It is an inclusive message. In fact, that every person I encounter is a part of us because they are part of the world. For God so loved the world gives us no room to separate ourselves from people. Because no matter what tribe or tongue or language or belief or perspective, we are all part of this great body of Christ. And, and I think sometimes we as, as adults, we forget the songs we've learned as kids, right? He's got the whole world in his hands. Or Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children, 
of the world. And so there is no notion of othering in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because for God so loved the world. And when I see the division, and I'm tempted to do it too, I'm tempted to, to, to other people and to say, those people over there, they, I can't believe they would say that. And anytime I, I use that term, what I'm doing is I'm taking the individual out of it and I'm lumping people together and I'm saying that you belong there because of a way that you think instead of saying you belong here because we all belong in the family of God. And because there's so many walls in this world, because there's so many divisions, because there's so much going on, our world is desperate and hungry for the radical and abundant love of Jesus that can be spread through his followers. Our world so desperately needs love. I think it doesn't take you long. I try not to watch the news. Um, I try to limit my time on social media. It doesn't take long with either of those things to realize that we are devoid of love in this world. And so the question is, is how do we as the people of God give love and care to a world that so desperately needs it? And what is love really? I'm sure if I went around this room or, or chatted with you on, um, in your living room and I said, what is love? That I would get a whole bunch of different answers. And so for me, we always want to go back to the scriptures to let the word of God define concepts, not my own personal feelings or my own sort of stuff. We want to go to the Word of God. And I think in this, in this scripture, we're going to learn about the nature and character of God's love for us and thus our love for others. And so it does begin with that famous passage, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, part of, of what this scripture tells us is the nature of love begins with generosity. The nature of love begins with giving, that love gives. And, and, and love gives what is most precious to us. I mean, this is what God did, is he gave what is most precious to himself, his only son, not just, not just a son, his only son, and gave it to the world. And this is part of what it means to follow Jesus, is to give what is most precious. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm tempted. I'm not a very good gift giver. My wife will attest to that. Um, and sometimes I think we're all tempted to, to give what is left instead of what is best. But here, love gives what is most precious to God, his one and only son. And this has to be the nature of giving. Now, sometimes we think about that as gifts, and I imagine some of you in this room are great gift givers, and you do a great job of, of giving precious gifts. But, but for those of us who aren't bent that way, I think one of the things that's important for us to do is to really think about what is precious, and how do we make other people feel and know the love that we have? And God did that by giving his one and only son. Love gives. And so kids, in box two, I invite you to draw a picture of a gift that someone has given to you. Now verse 17 um, is such a powerful verse as well. It gets greatly overshadowed, right? Like it's like the brother that's had all these successes, all right? And then there's like this other brother who's in the shadows who doesn't get as much attention. That's John 3, 17. It doesn't get the attention, but I think it's really important because it says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So God did not say, oh, I'm going to give you my son to show you how bad you are, to show you how miserable you are. Um, I remember 
Um, I remember playing basketball um, in different times, and, and I'm an okay basketball player. It just depends on, on how good everybody else is. Um, and so there are sometimes I'm on the basketball court. It's been a while since I played basketball, and I'm terrible. But then I go play against other people, and I'm really good, right? So, so God did not send his really good son to make everybody else feel terrible about themselves. And, and, and I know sometimes we, we, we do that for ourselves, is we're like, well, I'm never going to match up to the standard of Jesus. I'm never going to live to what God wants me to be. I'm going, I am never enough. And when Jesus comes and he talks about loving your neighbor as you love yourself, and he talks about all these great and wonderful things, it's a reminder of how I am a failure. But that's not why Jesus came. He came that we might be saved through him. Because what happens is, is that love redeems. Love moves towards people. It redeems relationships. It helps us to bring things together that otherwise would not be together. I, I think of in my first church uh, when I was in, in Mulder, Oklahoma, there was a, a lady in that church and um, her and her sister um, stopped getting along um, for a period of time. And it was shortly after their mom had, had passed away and and they both knew that if, if mom knew they were fighting, that mom would have brought them together. But for whatever reason, um, their stubbornness prevented them from coming together for a long time. Now, one day she was sitting in church and, um, and, and I was preaching a sermon that had nothing to do about it. So it certainly had to be Jesus because she felt so compelled after church to go to her sister's house and to seek redemption of the relationship. And I know that um, there's, and often in families, there's, there's brokenness in relationships that God wants to heal. And, and so uh, she went and, and, and knocked on the door, ready with the spirit of reconciliation and redemption. Now, what she didn't realize was that the night before, somehow she missed her text that her sister had just reached out to her. And so it's amazing that God had softened both of their hearts and given them both the initiative to say, now is the time, because this is what happens is that love redeems relationships. And I would imagine that there's some of you who are watching this and who are, who are here, who, who are thinking of people. It may be your sister, it may be a father, it may be um, a, a kid or an aunt or uncle in which you have been separated from. And what I want to say is that love redeems relationships. It causes people to move together. And there's a time and a place, and I'm not saying unless God prompts you, don't go over to their house um, right after church or whatever the case may be. But I think that there is a way that God will prompt us to move towards. I can't help but think of, of Home Alone um, and uh, the old neighbor who, who had a broken relationship with his son. And he couldn't even remember why they had argued. But it was on Christmas Eve in which uh, they finally were able to come together, right? This is what love does and this is what Christmas needs. It needs people who are, who are separated to be gathered and to redeem relationships. Because this is what God does for us is that we were separated, and he didn't come to make us feel worse about ourselves. He came to restore us to God and restore us to one another. And so we experience the redemption and the forgiveness of God and the reconciliation. And so kids in box three, I invite you to draw a picture of you forgiving someone. What does it look like to forgive someone? Now, one of the challenges with life that I've been learning um, is, is that love it, it meets people where they are, not where we want them to be. Um, love meets people where they are, not where we want them to be. I can imagine Jesus and God talking in heaven and saying, 
okay, like you want me to go to these people? Like it's going to take me a long time, like years of me spending every day with them before they somewhat get it. Are you sure that that's the best course of action? That it's going to take years of relationship building with my disciples, and even then they still won't get it. And, and, and the, but this is the world that Jesus chose to enter, is he met us where we were. He met us in our brokenness and in our sin. He meets us in our disagreements. He meets us in our frustrations. And sometimes, I think our frustration, and one of the reasons why we other people, is we want them to be here when they're there. And we don't want to take all this journey to meet them here. But this is the nature of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. This is the example of Jesus coming from heaven to earth, is that if we're going to follow in the example of love, we're going to meet people where they are and not where we want them to be. And we're going to embrace them and walk with them so that we could journey together. Now, the, the next part of the scripture of what love is, um, and, and, he, and they go on in, in this. It says this, that the light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And it goes on to say, for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. I imagine some of you have had this experience like we've had. Somebody calls and said, hey, I'd love to come over. Or they knock at your door and say, hey, how are you doing? It doesn't happen as much these last few months, but every once in a while it happens, right? And especially if you have a little bit of warning that they're coming, what do you do? But you try to make the house look as clean as possible and as nice as possible in the only places that they will be, right? So it's like, all right, they're going to be in the living room, in the kitchen, in the bathroom, get those, everything else we don't care about, right? Just like shove it in a closet, um, cover it with blankets, all right? And then you know what happens, right? So they come over and we say, make yourself at home, and they do. And then they're like, I'd love to see your house. And you're like, I wouldn't love that, right? Because you've already, you've already shown them the places of light that you want them to see, Right? But, but then you're like, okay, you can come see my bedroom, and you turn on the light, right? And there's all this stuff that was in the living room, right? And when you turn on the light, it exposes what's there. And, and this is the nature of light, is that light and love illuminates everything. Whatever is there will be seen. And, that, and, that, and that's actually a gift. Because while we have things that we'd like to hide that we'd like to hide from others and, and we'd, like, we'd like nobody to know our shame, our pain, our darkness, our evil secrets, the things we don't want anybody to know, is that those very things are what actually needs to be exposed to the light. Because if they stay in the darkness, then what's going to happen is that they're going to grow and mold and fester and stink and cause all sorts of stuff. But if they can be brought to the light, if they can be illuminated, they can be healed. And I think sometimes we try to protect ourselves from this illumination. We try to protect those things instead of trusting God and saying, God, I don't know what to do with this dirt, but can you help me? Can you illuminate it? Can you cause it to bring light? And so when Jesus comes, he comes and shows and shines a light on the good things, and it also exposes the not-so-good things. But that is love. Love is not avoiding the darkness. Love is entering into it. And so sometimes what we have to do as the people of God is we have to enter into the darkness. Sometimes it's our own. Sometimes it's a messy relationship. Sometimes it's a tough situation. But we can't just ignore it as if it's not there. All right? 
I, I wish we could. I wish if we just swept it under the rug, it would disappear forever. But we know that's not the way it works. And in fact, what love does is it illuminates and lets you see the places of darkness and dust. And it allows it to be clean. And so what do we do with this? You know, if, if love gives what is precious, what you and I have to do is that we have to receive love as a gift. Now, for some of you, this is pretty easy. You just like soak it up. But there are others of you who you are so hard on yourself that, that you have a hard time receiving God's love. You're, you you want to love everybody else, but don't you dare try to love me. I can take care of myself. And we do it with God, too. Is we say, God, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to do everything that I can. I don't want your love because I don't deserve it. And that is just simply not true. And so we need to embrace the love. We need to receive the love of God. We need to, to, to take it in our hands and hold it as a precious gift because love gives what is precious, and so we receive it. So let people love you and let God love you. And I know one of the key ways in which um, we sometimes don't receive the gift is we don't receive the gift of forgiveness very well. Um, that, that we will, um, we can't forgive ourselves. Maybe it's for something we did last night or last week, or maybe it's something that we did 10 or 20 years ago. Maybe it's something that somebody did to us, and we take, think it's our fault that they acted that way. And so we have a hard, hard time forgiving ourselves for something that somebody else did. But what we have to do is we have to receive love, and we receive forgiveness. And Jesus forgives you. You know, that's what that second verse says, that he did not come in the world to condemn you, but to save the world through him. Because love redeems relationships. And so part of what that means is that we have to return to Jesus. You know, it's easy to be distracted by everything in this season. It's easy for us, even as Christians, and people, especially if you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for a while, that we rely on our old relationship instead of our current one. And what Jesus wants is to be trusted and to be loved. He wants to be in a relationship with us. And it's hard to have a relationship if you don't communicate. It's hard to have a relationship if you don't spend time with. It's hard. And so I think part of the call of God is to return to Jesus and to say, Jesus, in this season, I'm going to make you a priority. Look, we're going to have more time this December to be with Jesus. God has given us his son. He says, I want to be with you. And you can fill it up watching shows on Netflix or you can fill it up with the incredible presence of the living God who wants to be with you. And most of all, love illuminates everything. And what we are called to do is to reflect his love into a dark world. Um, I was tempted to bring a mirror up here and have somebody shine a flashlight and to, to let that be the love of God and then shine it right in your eyes like a good 10-year-old boy would do, right? To reflect it. Now, this is what we have to do, is because there are people in this world, including some of us, who, who we built shelters to prevent God's love from coming in. But if you and I, if we have the opening, then we can reflect his love and get into the hearts and lives of people that otherwise would not be reached. I mean, God's going to keep shining his light of love on them, but sometimes it takes us reflecting that love into a dark world. And we are so surrounded by that. I remember a, a few years ago, for some reason, and I don't remember the reason, I, I had, a, had a, like a 4.30 Christmas Eve service 
Um, and then we had a late Christmas Eve service. And in between, for some reason, I had to go get something from Target. I want to tell you something. If at all possible, avoid Target on Christmas Eve. All right? Now, not only is it because what you're looking for surely won't be there. All right? Um, but also... And also men, we tend to, there was a lot more men at Target than I've ever seen before on Christmas Eve. Um, the other thing, it was, it was crazy because I went from this Christmas Eve service that was full of life and laughter and joy and energy. And everybody was just, there was just such a, a happiness to be there. And that we were singing songs and it was joyful. And then I go to Target, the consumeristic place, and it was bah humbug everywhere I looked. There was not a smile, there was not joy, there was just grumpiness surrounding it. And, and I just wanted to get out of there as quick as possible. And, and, and I think it's a reminder of this world. We, we, make, we make Christmas be about so many things that Jesus never intended it to be about. Because Jesus intended it to be about love. My wife asked me, I think it was yesterday, she said, um, if you had to describe Advent in a word, what word would you use? I said hope, that things are going to get better. And if I had to describe Christmas in a word, it would be word, the word love, because that's what it is about. And so our world tries to make Christmas about a whole bunch of things, and some of those are even good things. But do we have time to reflect his love into a dark world? One of my favorite moments of, of being a pastor is on Christmas Eve, and, and when, we, when we have this whole Advent wreath lit up, and we light that Christ candle, and at the end of the service, um, we, we take it, and we um, take the light from the Christ candle. Um, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. What a great promise. I am the light of the world. But he also said this crazy next thing, which is that you are the light of the world. And so what we do on Christmas Eve is we take the light from the, the Christ candle, and we share it among us. And this dark sanctuary becomes lit as people hold the Christ candle out. And we embrace that Jesus' mission is part of our mission. That what Jesus did, being the light of the world, is now part of what we are called to do, to spread and share that light with others. And as it spreads throughout the sanctuary, we feel the light and the goodness of God. And we're reminded of the mission of Christmas which is to love one another. I love the way that Robert Louis Stevenson, the author, and, and he grew up in a time in which um, there was people who would light lampposts. They would physically light lampposts. And one day his mom was, was noticing um, that, that he seemed particularly fascinated by the lighting of, of lampposts down the, the street in those lamplighters. And he said, he said son, what, why, why does that fascinate you so much? Why are you paying so much attention to those lamplighters? And he said, I just love watching them punch holes in the darkness. I just love watching people punch holes in the darkness. And this world is surrounded by darkness. But light will beat darkness every time. You take a, a little candle in a dark room and it illuminates the whole room. And this is what Christmas is about. About bringing light and love into a world of dark and othering. So kids, in box four, I'd invite you to draw a candle or candles lighting a room. And I just think for us here today, as, as we sit here and as we experience a Christmas unlike any we've experienced, and I know for some people, um, it's not hard, it, the, the hardest part is not COVID. The hardest part is that the people 
that there's somebody who won't be around the table that was around the table before. And as we experience this Christmas, we remember that we all need love. And so we have a, a choice. Each of us has this choice today. We can other people all day long. We can talk about they and them and what they're doing and all that sort of stuff, and, and the world will feed that monster of othering. Or we can love one another. We can other or love one another. And I know what the love of God compels us to do. And so as we, as we go from here, I just invite you to, to just reflect on receiving the love of God and then sharing that with others. So I'm going to invite us to a, a time of prayer before we have our communion together. If, if during the, the prayer, if you need communion, just sort of wave your hand to, to Karen and she'll find you. But let us be in an attitude of prayer. And so, Lord, we do just pray that we would receive your love. Lord, into a dark and dreary world, into a weariness. Lord, your light has shined into a deep darkness, your light has come. Lord, our world has experienced a deep darkness. There's so much cloudiness and confusion. There's so much pain and anger. There's so much weariness. There's a lack of compassion. There's a lack of understanding. And you call us to be people who, who love one another, who meet people where they are, who move into the neighborhood and live with one another and to bring the light of Christ because the power of light is that it can be passed one to another, to another, to another. And so we're going to be still for a little bit. And we're going to pray, Jesus, come quickly. Jesus, be present. God, be with us. We want to receive your love so that we can reflect your love. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.